Hello, and my name is Pete Rushmer, and I'm your host today of A Half Dozen Things podcast. A Half Dozen Things is a podcast for business owners just like you. Whether you're an underdog hungry for success, or you're already smashing it, but want to continue to level up, we are here each week for you to get insight and learning from the very best in the business. No fluff, no BS, and no self-proclaimed gurus talking about how easy business or life is. Hello and welcome to another episode of Half a Dozen Things and uh, another episode where I've been handed the keys to the microphone and the unlock code for the camera. Um, my name's Mike Vickers and I'm going to be your host today on Half a Dozen Things uh, where we're going to be talking about, and I don't want you to reach for the off button just yet, we're going to be talking about the green agenda and the green agenda and what it means to operators of heavy goods vehicles. Now, OK, let's get the political stuff out of the way first. As I uh, as, as I uh, introduced this broadcast, I um, it, we were at the, at the point in in uh, in history where um, the, uh, the UK is on its third prime minister in what seems the, the same amount of months. So uh, and, and Mr. Mr. Sunak, the, the, the new PM, um, wasn't there had a bit of controversy <laughs> just for a change. A politi- politician has a bit of controversy. Um, the biggest story of the week wasn't Matt Hancock, the former health secretary, going into the uh, into the jungle. It was uh, for many people. Uh, it was uh, Rishi Sunak and Willie or won't he go to this thing called COP twenty seven? COP twenty COP. What is COP? Okay, COP twenty seven. What happened to the previous twenty six? Uh, there was a big one last year in uh, in uh, in Scotland, wasn't there? And uh, there's been one uh, for the last twenty six or now twenty seven years. Um, it actually means conference of parties, and what it is is a big uh, jolly for all the green uh, supporting governments in the world uh, to go and chat about the environment. So uh, that that's the context of this this broadcast. We've got Rishi Sunak, Willie Won't. It looks like now he's going to go, um, and that kind of sends a message to me really for the haulage um, industry. Um, whether we like it or not, and whatever our political views, because it has become politic, it has become a politicised issue, hasn't it? The the the, the environment, um, and whatever our political views are on or, or not are on the subject, I think it's fairly evident that the green agenda is going to be is going to make a massive impact. And you know, one beyond my comprehension, uh, but it's going to make a massive impact on the way that we do business as heavy goods vehicle operators i think that's where it goes without uh, goes without saying so we, we not that we don't face unprecedented challenges at the moment in our industry i think those in, those challenges are going to be exasperated by uh, by the, the the march towards uh, a, a greener world and i think you know all, all, not there's not many people in the world that would that would disagree with the the motives for having a a planet that is safer and uh, better for everybody, and uh, I love, you know, I'm 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 what I'm probably what you'd call an old school environmentalist. I'm not going to go and glue myself to a to a to a road anytime soon. I love roads and I love road motor vehicles and I, I love aeroplanes and the faster, noisier, the better. Um, but but for me, I, I like, I, you know, I love our green and pleasant land, and I'd like to I'd like it for it to remain green and pleasant. I live out in the sticks. Uh, you'll probably see behind me um, poster of birds on the wall. My 
my, my partner works for a, a bird charity. Uh, we like to, you know, I'm not a twitcher, but I do like to, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to be careful our phrases next bit, but I do like to watch the birds. Um, you know, we, we all we all admire and, and love the countryside and, and the country that we live in. And we want to keep that as nice as it is now. So I think, you know, the sentiments are there, whichever way you look at it. I think we're all we're all aiming for that sort of stuff. So in terms of our impact on the environment from a from a transport point of view, we are um, we are a very impactful uh, industry. It's one of those industries that is going to be targeted by the government. And that means by legislation. Um, the, the road tra- I'm not going to give you loads of facts of it's not I'm not going to try to do that because I can't remember them anyway um but you know we are we are one of the industries that is responsible for a very great deal of the output of uh, of, of, of um, pollutants the co2 carbon dioxide carbon monoxide and all the rest of uh, those things that go uh, evidently to harm the environment so we, we are naturally going to be up there as, as fairly we're going to have fairly big targets on our back so what i thought we'd do in, in true to, to traditional uh, half dozen things um fashion i've uh, i weeded out six things that i think operators should be aware of or should start uh, making plans for um in terms of uh, in terms of what you know what where we're going to position ourselves uh, in the coming few years to to help us navigate that, uh, that, 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 that tricky road ahead. Um, so well, I'm going to start with I'm going to start with a little bit more. It's it not necessarily um, to do with the green agenda as such, although I think there, it all kind of ties back when you look at it. And the first thing I want to bring up, number one, is um, more immediate. It's a more immediate concern, I think, for everybody in the industry. Um, just been listening to the news downstairs. Um, before I came up and did this, and we're t- people, everybody's t- talking about these power outages that could be upon us as soon as you know this winter. As soon we're in November now, and recording this in early November, so um, you know, as soon as this winter, we could be experiencing power outages. Now, I'm, I'm a child of the 70s, I remember the three day week, uh, which was where we basically only went to great, we only went to school for three days a week, uh, because there was no power for the other two days, but and that, that was due to industrial action from the miners and. Uh, the power stations couldn't run, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But so it's nothing unusual. It's nothing new. Um, but it, you know, in this, what, what make, what difference did it make for us? Not, not a lot. We didn't go to school. We got a bit colder when we sat at home, and we all had to sat, stand, sit around with candles. Um, and you know, I remember Mum cooking up like soup on the on a little gas uh, stove, as it were. But you know, if you think about the, in, that was in the seventies. If you think about how much we rely on technology today, and how much we rely on electricity and power today, you know, it would make a huge impact to the operator. So what I'm just going to go through is a little list. I, you know, it's no means uh, comprehensive, but operators should be preparing themselves or at least having conversations around what would we do? How would we continue to operators in any case should have contingency planning for all sorts of things. You know, uh, I remember I used to work, uh, we worked for a transport company and we relied on all sorts of IT and what have you. Um, we're going to come back a few years as well. Um, and uh, one day somebody outside on the road, working on the road outside, dug up a power cable and um, we were without power for three days, you know, and, and to try to run a, it was a 15 million pound turnover business, you know, hundred and something trucks um with no power was was a real challenge so um, it can happen anytime so I'm, I'm i'm kind of saying to 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 operators 
you really should have some sort of contingency planning in place, you know, for all kinds of eventualities. Um, uh, we, we, uh, the, the company that I used to work for, um, you know, we, we had, uh, I remember a time when the, the business was shut down because um, somebody decided to uh, crash an aeroplane on our, on, well, near to our, our site. Um, we we were situated very near an RF base, and unfortunately, luckily the pilot uh, ejected, but the aeroplane came down very near to us, and uh, uh, you know that, that somebody came in and shut the site down for um, you know for security reasons. So, a contingency for all sorts of things. But let's think about how this is going to would this in, how a power outage or a partial power outage how would that impact the transport operation? How would we power our IT systems? Because everybody relies on those these days. I mean, absolutely, transport management uh, system. Yeah, route planning, scheduling software, delivery notes, sending messages to drivers, sending the delivery notes to the drivers, et cetera, et cetera. So we, we, we absolutely, fuel pumps. But one of the biggest things we found, well, what we get, how are we going to get fuel out of fuel pumps? The fuel pumps have got no electricity to them, so they don't work. So where are we going to get fuel from? We have fuel on site uh, and they didn't work. So um, think about how, we, how you might do that. Um, you might be looking, and this goes off, off track slightly with a green agenda, wouldn't it? But you might be thinking, well, or already have um, a generator, uh, you know, an on-site generator that you can switch to. How, if you have got a generator, how often do you test it? How often do you make sure that it will run? Um, how, uh, you know, the, the, the switchover period. Look at your IT. How resilient is it? Would it be to a sudden drop in power while you go out and into the yard and 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 try to start the generator that hasn't been started up for two years? You know, um, so kind of you know think about how those things. How would you as a business? How would you as an operator cope with one day, two days, three days? They're even talking about seven day um, power outages. It may or may not never happen, uh, but you know if it does, just think about the impact that would have on on the business. Um, that comes on. To, so number two, again, the, number two is staying on the theme of planning and strategy. How many operators out there? It's coming, isn't it? We've got the end of diesel and fuel car sales, the car sales, I said the word car there deliberately, um, happening in 2030. Um, that's not very long away. It's not very far away, is it? So, you know, we're not going to be able to buy a new diesel or petrol car um who how on earth that is going to work i have no idea you know and i don't think the government do to be absolutely honest but it is going to happen and, and no nobody's come in yet and you know in a political party and said we're not going to you know there are one or two on the periphery but it's unlikely they're ever going to get anywhere near uh to, to westminster so you know the the mainstream parties are all of this belief um so right okay that's not going to affect us we know that trucks are not you can't build an electric truck now that there are some on the market there's some coming through i know that but we're not going to be able to suddenly switch off half a million hgvs uh 40 you know 44 ton you know 32 ton tippers that type of thing and convert over to electric overnight so but we need to start thinking about what how that's going to impact on 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 a, on a business now planning for the for the future procurement wise we all know how difficult it is to get a new truck the problem with this 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 diesel and petrol cars disappearing is that the companies, the big manufacturers have stopped investing in research and development when it comes to new petrol and diesel products. So that will have an impact on, on everybody in, in the truck industry uh, later on down the line, that, that that research and development, those you know, companies spend millions and billions of pounds on research and development. 
that's all going to stop. They're not going to research and develop fuel, you know, carbon fuel vehicles um, because they're not going to be allowed to sell them. So that's going to impact on us. And that is also going to impact as they ramp up, as these manufacturers ramp up production of electric or hybrid vehicles or alternatively fueled vehicles, should they come along then that's going to impact on the bread and butter stuff that they're trying to build today. I spoke to somebody um, not so long ago from, um, it's, you know, it's difficult to say without saying who the company is, I'm going to be careful, um, shall we say a breakdown service. And uh, they are planned, so every year they plan ahead um, their um, vehicle requirements, their procurement requirements. They're now planning the 2029 deliveries. So they're looking that far ahead. And I think as a, as a business, you know, as operators, we need to get the crystal ball out and start looking at how we're going to uh, impact on how, how that's going to impact on us and how we're going to make sure that we've got these procurement strategies in place, not just for next year or the year up, but, but years ahead, you know, and where that's going to go. There's a lot of there's a lot of well, what's going to happen. We don't know out there. Could somebody suddenly come up with a with an alternative fuel, you know? Um, hydrogen or or something of the like. You know, we, we don't know at the moment. We're working we're working on the, the electricity and the hybrid side of things because that's what we've got available and ready to go almost. Uh, and in, in many cases, is is going. So plan at plan. You know, have some sort of strategy. Um, you know, going forward in terms of your procurement for your kit, etc., and how we're going to do it. So number three, then start small. If we're going to start it, start it small. Um, if you run a mixed fleet and if you run a fleet maybe with some cars, some, some you know, management cars or whatever you've got, or vans, particularly really good. Um, we, I, I worked, uh, worked for a local authority and we were early adopters of, of electric technology, electrical vehicles, um, very early adopters. And we started very small. We started with the, the, the fleet of cars for the, for the, for the people who, who, you know, the officers who work there. Um, so we started with cars. That was an easy, easy place to start. It meant we could learn about infrastructure, and that's important. Hi, it's Pete from Flagship Partners. We're proud to sponsor a Half Dozen Things podcast. Flagship Partners help their clients become safer, greener, and greater through a range of consultancy and training services. We offer audits through to risk assessments, contracts through to support with managing your culture, all the way from mandatory training through to management training as well. So if you need any support, please do get in touch with Flagship Partners today. Learning about how to use electric vehicles um, <laughs> It may sound very straightforward, but it is a different. You have to approach it in a slightly different way. So it, starting small with cars made us aware of the infrastructure, charging needs, how things were charged, different equipment you get for charging uh, and, and that kind of thing. So start small, start with cars if you've got cars on the fleet. Vans, absolutely. I mean, there's some you know, really, really great strides are being made in the van world. Um, in terms of electric power vans, and they quite often will have the range to do those urban deliveries. Um, you know, you only got to look at the likes of Amazon, etc., who are going. Uh, you know, um, Tesco's. They're all going down that line, and they're all making. And it's not just something that's going to happen in the future; it's happening now. So just look at those fleets and, and start small. You know, start small. That will get you into the electric vehicle sort of world um, once you're into that electric vehicle world the next step making that next step up to the bigger trucks that is inevitably going to happen uh, isn't going to be so hard so um, my, my number three then would be start small and um, 
you know, if, if you get the opportunity, I mean, you might be sitting there thinking, well, that's no good because we, we don't run anything smaller than 44 tons or whatever, you know, and, uh, but that, you know, that's, that's fine. But if you do have a mixed fleet, try to start small, get yourself into it, get yourself into the world of electric vehicles and how they work and the infrastructure, etc. That may take a bit of planning, some of the charging, you know, when you're looking at the different charging. Uh, and that's something that, that the industry, the electric vehicle industry, really does need to sort out, not, not just the charging infrastructure, but I know people with electric vehicles that have a wallet full of cards to go in each different charging system that they have. I mean, really, you know, that's that's very complicated. You don't know when you're going to pull into a fuel station, into a, into a, into a service station, uh, or indeed they are available at fuel stations. Yeah? You don't know. I always think with an electric vehicle, you think, well, which, you know, how am I going to get this thing charged? What do I need? What system is it on? Who's going to have to, uh, am I going to have to pay for it? Is it free? So I think that's the industry's challenge is to, is to, is to simplify that. Um, so start small with number three. Number four, um, you know, drip, drip, drip the drivers, get them into uh, how they can help to reduce your carbon um impact or your your carbon emissions now again i, I promised you i wouldn't go into to numbers um this is not what this is about going into numbers but have you done a study have you looked at your impact have you looked at your carbon footprint people were doing carbon footprint in you know 10 15 years ago i mean there's lots of tools out there online that'll help you um if you haven't already done that if you don't already understand your carbon footprint um from your vehicle emissions then it's very easy there's loads of tools online um have a look at those and, and that will you know get you to into a place where you kind of realize where you you are with this and then you can uh, form your strategy so probably this one should have come a little bit earlier to be fair um but but drivers can play a massive part in this because if you're using less fuel then your whatever your your carbon footprint is going to reduce so and it's going to save you a shed load of money as well um, again, I'm not going to not going to band about facts and figures, but if you just think about a fleet of a modest fleet of 100 vehicles that um, you know averages, oh, let's say, let's let's you know, it depends what you're running. Let, just for in, you know, simple mass, let's say 10 miles to the gallon. Um, if you can improve that by one mile a gallon, you know, 10%, which is massive, isn't it? 10% improvement, but it's attainable. If you can improve that by by one mile to the gallon, just think about the impact that would have on your bottom line if you're buying. I don't know, two million gallons of fuel a year, or you know, five thousand liters, whatever that that translates to. So, because we're talking about numbers and scaling, you'd be absolutely surprised at how much difference that makes to your bottom line, especially with fuel being the the price it is today. So, also think about things like when you're making procurement decisions around tires and uh, you know, uh, peripheral equipment that you're fitting on vehicles. Think about the the impact that has tire wear, you know, if you're wearing out tires, tires are a huge impact on the environment, the way they're, the way they're manufactured, um, you know, that we have to get them to around the world, then not that many manufacturers in the UK, so they all have to be shipped in, etc. Buying, you know, a cheaper brand of tires might seem attractive, but you know, if you're replacing them more often, um, that's going to have a higher uh, impact. We use a lot of tires in our industry. Um, so just kind of thinking about those things uh, and, and as I say, making the driver aware of their, their part that they have to play in terms of reducing the fuel. Um, remembering the fuel uh, shortages of the two, early 2000s, lots of supermarket fleets did research on this uh, and, and other fleets, of course. Um, but, you know, you look at the impact of 
reducing a lorry from 56 miles an hour to 52 miles an hour. Pain in the backside for everybody, I know. And, uh, you know, everybody hates it. Um, uh, but, you know, the, the numbers were incredible. You know, the, the, the savings. It, and, and also, you know, they did a lot of research out there online. They did a lot of research in terms of um, reducing the speed by four miles an hour only impacted the travelling time by you know, a tiny fraction, uh, increased the travelling time, uh, but saved a, a, you know a massive amount on the on the top line. So I would encourage operators to to look at how they do that. Uh, number five, much more simple, but you know if we all do a little bit, it will will help. Um, you know how good are we as operators at uh, managing our waste? Uh, and looking at what we're actually putting in the waste stream. Um, for me, this is a big one. I like this one. Uh, not not saying I don't like the others, of course, but, um, you know, I don't want to see plastics in oceans. Um, you know, I don't want to see the, 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 the world littered in. Uh, we've got a quarry not, not many miles from here. It's still an active quarry, um, you know, and I'm just dreading the day that they shut that quarry and decide to make it into a landfill site because that's, you know, but we have to put it somewhere. You know, you can't criticise the operators. They have to put it somewhere. So think about how we as operators have a waste stream. We do have a lot of waste in the industry. Um, you know, it depending, it's vastly depending on what we do, of course. But um, we have um, even something simple like how we, in our office and warehousing and workshops, how we, how we dispose of that waste. Even given drivers somewhere... Um, you know, I, I know from experience, a lot of drivers, whilst they're fueling, they'll they'll sort out their cab and they'll chuck out all the stuff in the cab. Make sure they've got some nice bins there that they can easily put, um, the, you know, the different different types of waste. And it might sound only, you know, a, a trivial thing, but you'd be surprised how much recycling you can generate from a normal waste stream. And we were, again, I'm not going to give you the facts and figures, but, the, you know, we, we are as a, as a society now recycling much, much, I mean, far more than we ever used to in terms of uh, in terms of our of our day to day waste. So that's number five, nice and simple one. That one, uh, and number six, and uh, you know, we always we always promise that these are not um, sales pitches, but um, I invariably I'm going to mention something that we do, uh, and something we can help you with here at Flagship Partners. Um, so the big thing I think, you know, people understanding this this um, this net zero. Uh, vision now again all of the major political parties nobody and, and, and it's going to be one of those things i know particularly in this industry that when it happens we're all going to sit around and moan about it but realistically we didn't do anything about it because all of the political parties the major political parties are are, are, are on the same path here so it's going to be inevitable this net zero which is which is what this cop is all about this cop this cop conference or you know government's patting each other on the back and talking about their, I mean, there's a new phrase going around called greenwashing where they, where they do a lot of talking, but don't do much action. But, you know, that is going to translate into action uh, shortly. And, and we talk about net. So what do we mean by net zero? So obviously from our activities, we create carbon or we use carbon, uh, we use fossil fuels to, to create those activities. Um, so what net zero is, is saying that our impact on the environment will be what it says on the tin, net zero. So if we, we're still going to use, you know, it's inevitable that we're going to use um, uh, fossil fuels, even but people will argue on the other side of this coin. People will argue about electric vehicles and how, how impactful they are on the environment. The electricity has to be generated somewhere as well. So there's that to take into account. 
Um, but as I say, I'm not getting into the sort of political side of this, this the debate, but that, that is a fact, isn't it? So um, what, what companies, what businesses and operators are going to have to do, and it's going to be trickier for us in the haulage industry, what we're going to have to do is something called offsetting. So we're going to create carbon, but to get to net zero, we're going to have to offset that creation of carbon by doing stuff that will make that will make that will create um, that, that will that will put back into the uh, environment, um, if you like, re, re, filter the filter the air, if you like. So, and the obvious answer to that is plant trees, uh, and, and that's because they're, they're, there's that's what regenerates the the, the the whole thing, isn't it? So, um, we're into it at, at, at flagship partners. Uh, we're we're into something called eco. I can never pronounce this correctly. Ecology. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll spell it for you, just uh, just to uh, say if you want to check out the the website. E E C O L O G I. Ecology. And what ecology is um, is somewhere where you can go and re uh, and offset your your carbon. Now we are only a very small. Uh, with a with a big big ambition, we are only a very small business. But in 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 the grand scheme of things, um, we we've, there's ten of us. Um, we, we've got an office in in Peterborough, and we're a train fantastic training room. But we we you know we do use we drive around and we do use. We've got uh, the, the fleet is now uh, our, our car fleet is hybrid. Uh, I'm very uh, absolutely delighted with my. Um, my, my it's a Toyota Corolla, and it's it, but I'm always, always looking at it's a petrol electric hybrid, and there's a gauge which says how much you know how much of the journey has been on electric and how much of it has been on on you know combustion engine on the petrol engine, and I love to get it around about fifty percent. I always aim to get it around about fifty percent, um, which is fantastic. So yeah, we're, we're doing our bit, but we're also a part of this ecology, and we we what that means is that we will. Uh, I'm going to give these are the only figures I'm going to actually give you. Uh, we've been doing it for seven months now. So for every month, uh, we we pay in. That sounds like it's it is costing money. We pay into ecology um, to offset the carbon that we use. So far, we've managed to offset, and I've got a quote here as well. I'm looking uh, forty two tons of carbon reduction, and uh, we've planted or through ecology, we alone. You know, as I say, ten of us. Um, you know, one office in Peterborough, um, we've planted 570 trees. That's to offset our carbon that we put into the into the world. So we've we've offset that by by planting 570 trees. So that's what they mean by net zero. It's it's make it, 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 it if even if you are creating um, carbon, if you're if you're burning fossil fuels to get to do what you do, you're offsetting that by doing other good stuff. Um, so that's what carbon offsetting is. And I think that's going to become a massive thing um, because we're never going to be able to reduce that. You know, that net, if, if they said absolute zero, you know, there's a difference between net zero and absolute zero. And, if, you know, if, they, if we didn't, we can't. I mean, we can't produce electricity. We can't produce um, power to make electric vehicles without creating some sort of impact on the environment. But this is the way that we balance it out through. Uh, and finally, the, the the final plug that I'm going to give is uh, what can, uh, you know, there has to be a benefit for us as well. It's not all give, give, give. You can you can probably get from the tone of this that it's going to cost operators money, isn't it, to be um, compliant uh, with um, 
and, and it will, you know, there will start, we will start to see laws as well. Uh, there already is. <laughs> we, we know that there's emissions, Euro 6 and all the rest of it. We, we will start to see laws coming in now, I think. Um, so, you know, to, to, to get to this position we want to be in, in terms of our impact on the environment, uh, you know, a lot of it so far has been voluntary. There has been some legislation. There will be an increasing amount of legislation. There will be a, an increasing amount of compliance that uh, the operators have to have to go through. Um, you know, mark my words. That that's that's a, that's a fact. I think we all know that. As I say, all the political parties are signed up to it, so it don't really matter where you put your X in your in your in your ballot box. Um, it's going to happen. So, um, how what can we do to help you? We can we can we 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 uh, we can help businesses achieve all businesses, not just our. Uh, HGV operators. Our, obviously, our specialism is in is in the transport sector, but it really applies to any business. Uh, we can help you achieve something called the ISO fourteen thousand and one standard, which is uh, by, by as the name might suggest, anybody who's familiar with quality management standards, etc. Uh, it's another one from the ISO kind of brand of quality management. This time, we're looking at the environment and how we help uh, companies meet or exceed those targets. Um, so with a commercial hat on, not only are we doing our bit for the environment and we can feel very good about it um, and uh, we're helping to, you know, by by sort of following the 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 the, the quality, the management process in 14,001, not only can we reduce our carbon impact, um, but there is then a commercial value to it. Those people who are um, in the business of seeking business from other businesses, um, and or and government organisations, um, government contracts, etc. You know, a lot of you're going to see a lot of their procurement pieces are going to go towards. Um, you know, what's your what are your green credentials? And I think if you've got ISO fourteen thousand and one, that's going to open some doors to you. I know it's just another set of hoops we've got to jump through. We've got, you know, we've got for start with operator licensing. We've got uh, fours. We've got earned recognition and all this kind of stuff. Um, but it is a great way of getting forward um, in, into uh, into onto people's tendering sheets, onto uh, opportunities for business, etc. So ISO 14001, if you're interested in that at all, have a look on our website. Give us a shout. We're more than happy to help you with that. But um, we uh, but, you know, we are trying to to our, our, our aim here is not to, you know, uh, flagship partners is not to. Debate the rights and wrongs and, and, you know, where you want to be on that process. But we're here just simply to cut out all that sort of BS and just just help operators navigate their way through this green, uh, you know, this green stuff as best we possibly can. And at the same time, if, we, you know, we're, we're doing some good um, and, and helping to keep us a green and pleasant land. So um, that's it from me. Uh, thank you to Pete for letting me have the uh, controls yet again on half a dozen things. Um, look out! We're going to uh, we're going to we're going to change it around slightly in the new year. So look out for some exciting new stuff coming in the new year. But uh, for now, I'm uh, going to sign off, and um, we'll see you on the next one. I really hope you loved today's episode, and if you did, please make sure you subscribe and listen out for future episodes too. Please do share it across your social media channels. We hope to reach more and help more people. If you want to find out more about me, my name's Pete Rushmer. You'll find me across any social media channel and my business, Flagship Partners, and we're your partners in success across your business. Thank you. See you again soon.